Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers with the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. The Fan Afternoon Show, Kevin Holden, CBS 58. Sam Schmitz at the controls. Thank goodness it's not the other way around. Uh, you you would be fine here. I would be terrible. Can you there. imagine if they tried like can you imagine if they just tried to do that? Oh just my swap goodness. roles. No. <laughs> and I'm over there like, you know, all these buttons. I I should take a picture. That's probably a bad idea, but I should take a picture and just be like, look at all these buttons. It's insane, man. I kid you not. Like, there's at least about a couple hundred buttons over here, yeah. a couple hundred like slides and all that. But like, it's it's funny how you only use like half of them. But anyways, yeah, it's. I'm glad I'm glad we're doing what we're doing and not the other way around. No, like it's, it's true. Like you, you'll be fine here. I'm not worried about you here, but me there, no. Yeah. that's that is not happening. We are coming to you from the Lakeland University studios, offering co-op credit for work experience. Learn your way at Lakeland.edu. So, it's such a busy couple of days. NBA free agency with the Bucks, uh, you know, signing their guy Portis and, and three others as well, Joe Ingles, and now, you know, the Brewers in, in Pittsburgh. But this, as I was talking to Ryan about this, the idea of something dominating the news cycle or sliding it into the news cycle so it doesn't get talked about very much, and USC and UCLA managed to sneak it in on this day with all this other stuff going on. So they were the headline for 20 minutes. Uh, that they are leaving, they're you know they've been accepted into the Big Ten. Big Ten presidents have unanimously accepted USC and UCLA to join the Big Ten conference. I mean, before we ended the show, it was like, ah, this is probably going to happen. And then as soon as we ended the show, it's like, up, oh, it's done. It already happened. It's official, and and it and it is like it's not just the addition of two quality programs to a conference. If you if you're looking at it that way. You're only seeing a very small portion of the picture. It does help in the in the sense of having those two, but you're adding the West Coast. You're adding what are they, sixteen hundred miles from the nearest school yeah. in the Big Ten, and not just in California, like Los Angeles teams, right? I mean, and the thing is too. Um, I did you hear any like rumors about like these two teams and the Big Ten? No, because I obviously heard about Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah. I heard about you know rumors of conference realignment, so that part's not too surprising, but. UCLA and USC, like you would think, like maybe okay, if Oklahoma and Texas were leaving the Big Twelve, like maybe they would just go and slide into those, like those two teams in the Big Twelve. But the Big Ten, like I, I was not expecting that at all. Obviously, teams coming to the Big Ten, I was thinking, but like, like we just, like we were just talking about two California, Los Angeles teams that are some of the most historic, not only football, you know, schools in in, in NCAA history, but on top of that, like what they bring to the basketball side as well, right. and and baseball too. It is, yeah. Then there's another part of it too. They, unfortunately, those baseball programs are going to be not they're in for a little bit of a shock because the Big Ten has a great tradition in football and, and basketball, but I don't know, baseball is UCLA baseball. I mean, just think about the. I mean, Garrett Mitchell, right? There's a UCLA baseball guy right there. Like they clearly have a premier program right there. USC has been doing this thing for years. Mark McGuire went there. Randy Johnson went there. Forgot about McGuire. Way back. Yeah. But, I mean, th- that's been going on forever. So that there's one sport where it'll it'll change. The, the whole mesh of it will change. But uh, Ryan Horvath uh, hit on one of the most important things. 
the Big Ten Network specifically and the conference wants their home territory to include the three largest television markets in the country. And then somebody pointed out to me that it's technically four because Philadelphia, number four, is in, you know, it's you've got Rutgers close and you've got Maryland close. It's not it's not like having Temple in there. Right. But Penn State is there. So so you kind of have a foothold in the fourth largest, too. New York is one, L.A. is two, Chicago is three, and the Big Ten will have a footprint in each of those markets, which is great, except, as Horvey said, USC or UCLA at uh, Rutgers, or, or it could be here in the Central Time Zone, too, right. at Purdue or whatever. Or even like a Wisconsin winter game. Yeah, so it's 9 o'clock in the morning on the West Coast, and – Things do start earlier there. Those one, those noon games that we have in the NFL are 10 a.m. games there, so it's not yeah. completely out of the realm. But nine o'clock in the morning, and the other way around. Like if you have a night game, like let's say Wisconsin is playing in at USC. Right. I mean, that's what instead of a seven o'clock game, that's a five. Right. So it just kind of changes everything. I mean, like from a business standpoint, it makes sense, and I don't blame them for doing what they did because having all three of those big markets for really. It, it makes a lot of sense to bring in even more money, which is what the NCAA is all about instead of, you know, the students and all that. But that's the story for another day. But like Horvath was saying, and you guys brought up a really good point, you especially, Kevin, like now what happens when more and more teams, more premier schools want to come into the Big Ten and you already have like some of these teams in the Big Ten already that we all know like going into each year, they're only going to get like three, four wins. Right. Like what happens in the next couple of years if – if those teams like don't do something or if other schools want to join. And how can they successfully leverage other sports too? Because the the school that comes to mind actually is an SEC school, not a Big Ten school, and that's Kentucky. Yeah. Kentucky is traditionally not a football school, but traditionally in basketball, they're one of the best in the country. And that's that's been a tradition for decades. And the SEC may not want to lose the basketball side of it, which is a moneymaker in Lexington, but they'd have to accept the football side of it. So is this a point where if a university starts to slide in both football and men's basketball, do they run the risk then? I mean, or do it, they, or do they just keep on adding and adding and adding yeah. and not, and yeah. not even like, you know, kick schools out of the conference. Cause like Horvath was saying, like, why not just have two mega conferences that encompass basically all the big schools, 30, 30 teams per conference. And right. Makes the playoffs a lot easier. Whoever yeah. you know, wins this, this mega conference and all that, and then whoever wins the other one. And so the other pressure point out of that that you're talking about, the other pressure point in the years to come is going to happen with the other major Pac-12, or whatever you want to call it now, Pac-10 schools. In other words, the pre- like, what is the pressure on Oregon right now? That's got to be huge, right? Oregon, Arizona... Arizona State has Phoenix, yeah. so that's a television market on top of a good program. Arizona has been really good in basketball. They've had some success in football, and that's Tucson, not as large a TV market. But if Arizona State goes, where is Arizona going to go? They have to go with them. But it's crazy because the Pac-12's biggest ticket to back to relevancy was Lincoln Riley going to USC. Right. Now that's going to be part of the Big Ten. So they kind of like now what? Like really now, what do they do? Because Oregon, I mean, it's not what it was when Chip Kelly was there, back when he had Marcus Mariota and DeAnthony Thomas and Michael James. They have a good program, obviously, at Oregon, and it's a, it's a program that competes every year. But what we just learned was you have to have something to leverage. And in the case of UCLA and USC, that thing they leverage is their television market, the city that they play in. Eugene, Oregon ain't L.A. And that's, that's my worry is if you're a player – in the era of NIL, is it going to be about – in other words, is college sports about to turn into large markets and small markets? Oh, for sure. Right? I think it is. I think it, I think it definitely will be. And that that's the thing that I'm most intrigued about because recruiting is was already a messy enough process as it was mm-hmm. even before players were able to make money now in the past couple of years. But now that you're going to have like West Coast teams being a part of a pretty much a Midwest and Eastern Conference um, – you know, conference like the Big Ten, I just wonder because in my mind, I'm like, well, I don't think that'll really affect, affect recruiting that much. If not, like the Midwest teams might have a chance to finally pluck some talent off the West Coast now, even more than they did. But now, if I take a step back, I, th- I think it's going to get even like even messier for recruiting. Yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're a recruit from a, a small area from a from a state that doesn't have a large city in it, like a like a LA type city in it. 
and you have the chance to go to a variety of different schools. You're talented enough to go wherever, and you get an offer from your home state, but then you also get an offer from USC, and right. because of NIL and because of the way this Big Ten works, USC can offer you this crazy amount of money. I mean, it's it, that's an issue, and remember that, that athletic prospects don't always come from stable financial backgrounds. In fact... Some are from the exact opposite, and that money off the top is going to be maybe too enticing to pass up. I just this is this is crazy to me because when I was talking about yesterday with Gary Allison when the news first broke, I'm like, oh man, this is this is great for Wisconsin because like like I said, unfortunately, I'm I don't have a really a college team to root for. Being a you up in Milwaukee guy and all that, aside from basketball, like football, I have really no footprint and all that. So for a guy like me that really isn't that all that passionate about a certain school, like to me this is good news because like oh it just brings more competition into the Big Ten for Wisconsin. I get to see I know the Rose Bowl is a big thing, but it's not really anymore. But you're telling me I get to see you know Wisconsin USC or Wisconsin UCLA a couple more times. I'm all for it, but I I can I can feel where Horvat's coming from that he doesn't like change and he wants you know the the divisions to be the it's like imagine if the um, Detroit Lions all of a sudden wanted to join the, you know, NFC East or whatever. Right. Like, I, w- I wouldn't like it because, you know, that's our division. And I know things have happened before where, like, teams move around and all that, but I, I get where Horvath's coming from, too. And, w- and who comes in, then, if the Lions leave? Who 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 balances it out? Do you have a three-team division? Yeah. You know, it's, there, there's so many questions to answer, and it's this is a leap that's been made based on money, based on television and eyeballs and all that other stuff, and there is so much fallout that has to be sorted out. And the thing is, too, like I, I think it's just I don't see any other conferences plucking other teams out outside of the Big Ten and the SEC. Like, I don't think the Big 12 is going to get a big school and all that. Like Sure, because USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten – those other schools going to like another conference outside of the SEC and the Big Ten, like that's not going to mean anything really at the end of the day. Because you'll have, I, I'm thinking about Big Twelve, I think about the South Central portion of the country. So you think about again, I'm going back to cities, Dallas and Houston, and already that's that's sort of been spoken for. TCU, SMU, University of Houston, Rice, like the city of Houston doesn't have that. That level of university, when you're talking about an athletics program, that's Austin. Yeah, right? it's a smaller city, mm-hmm. uh, and and Norman, Oklahoma is a smaller smaller city. That's Oklahoma City in in TV market terms. So those are those are smaller. I mean, it's man, you, all of a sudden your gauge that you use to judge what could be successful in college athletics is completely flipped upside down. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. You can tweet us at twelve fifty and the fan on Twitter. Um, we got to hit a break, but before we do that. I think he wants to talk a little bit of Brewers, but should we should we get our get to our guy Trav and Brown Deer? Trav, Trav, you're on the afternoon show. What's up, man? How's it going? Love everybody from 12:50 a.m. We love you too, Trav. Afternoon show. Yep. And uh, I, you know, after yesterday with you know all the trade is, uh, yeah, I see nobody's calling in, but I want to call in and uh, I want to wish everybody from the fan and. Um, their families and whoever listens and all America uh, happy holidays and uh, Sam you do a great job man sounds good Trav uh, I appreciate it and uh, you tell uh, Mike the notebook uh, it's notebook Mike but okay okay but uh, I might have to make a new rap you know not the Dre but uh, you get one chance and I I think uh, you would be successful if you uh, take over the show Okay, Trav. I appreciate it. Well, you have a good uh, Fourth of July yeah. weekend as well. Hey, AR, are you off next week? Me? Yeah. I don't know. Well, okay. So, so who's on Monday? Uh, we're off on Monday. We just have a. Well, Adam will do the best of the big show, and okay. then we'll have a Brewers post game as well. So we have we have programming for you on Monday. But yeah, we like a lot of these companies. We take okay, a little so time you, off so for the Fourth of July. Tuesday, though, right? Uh, we'll see. All right. All right. All right. Love you, bud. All right. Love you too, Trav. Jeez. <laughs> okay, so you want to know, Trav, Trav uh, we told him one time, like, Rami and I said, like, you know, saying I love you to somebody else is like a big way of, like, proving that you're a man, right? Some people, <coughs> Tim Allen, are afraid to tell another person that they love. I, Kevin, I always say, look, life is too short. Tell the people you love that you love them. 
You know? I like that a lot. But now Trav is like uh kind of going overboard. He's loving everybody. That. Yeah. So it's it's good to know that Trav loves uh people and all that. But well maybe I mean here's the thing. Maybe there was years of love just trapped inside. <laughs> yeah. well, okay, I'll I'll try to find it too. We had a promo too where um Trav called in and unfortunately sometimes it happens. He drops a curse word and stuff <laughs> like that. So we had to let him go and he called back and he was sorry and all that. It's like it's okay. I just wanted to let him know, like, hey, it's all right. Like it happens and I told him like, you know, Sorry, right, man. We love you. And then he's just like, yeah. And then he hung up and he didn't say it back. <laughs> so I got really angry because if you say it to somebody, you got to say it back, even if you don't mean it. Of course. So then, you know, he called back and all that and it got out of hand. So that's where that whole thing started from. And that's why we teased him. I, I nothing wrong with that. That's that. You know what? I, I like that you're helping him through things. This yeah. is. You know, there's there's a little bit of psychology to this. Trying to make it. You know, I think that's just a way of showing that you're a man. Not afraid to tell somebody that you love them. I do that to guys on my softball team. Yeah. But, you know, we, we're sponsored by a bar, so usually it's after a couple of beers at the <laughs> oh, bar. That's, that's a whole different story. I mean, that's a whole different way of saying I love you, too. That's right. It, so. flows, it flows differently. Oh, good times here on 1250 and the Fan. All right, so quick break. We've got, we've got more to get to. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, David Sampson, former Marlins president, will uh, we'll chat with that Milwaukee native, but uh, there's a little more between now and then, coming up on the Fan Afternoon Show. <laughs> the Fan Afternoon Show, I don't know. I, I know you're, you're missing some of your favorite songs. That's a pretty good one. No, it's, it's, a, it's a good rotation of songs. Just We used to have, on the Rami Show, we used to have a little bit of hip-hop, a little bit of rock, a little bit of alternative, a little bit of R&B and stuff like that. So it's I just miss a little variety here and there. That's what I'm saying. Some of it's gone. No, I, right. I got you. I will say this, though. I have learned to, you know, hip-hop today sucks. I will admit it. <laughs> I've been listening to so much old school hip hop, like stuff that I used to listen to growing up. Yeah. Because what they're putting out today is just not good music. I it see it's just it tells me a lot because there are things that I think are not good in in life now, and then I have to make allowances because I'm older than I used to be, you know. Uh, but to hear you say it sort of validates how I feel. <laughs> I've been listening to a whole lot of like Tribe Called Quest, you know, Jay-Z, oh, yeah. Kanye West, old Kanye West, not this whatever he's putting out now. And then like a lot of Lil Wayne, Kid Cudi and all that. So I, I just, I every album that comes out, I'm just like kind of disappointed, you know? And now I'm like, what did I just, what did I just spend my whole life listening to? <laughs> that's, I mean, I don't know that that says a lot. It's it, It's taken a hard turn, that's for sure. In the last couple of years, it's taken a... A turn in a direction, and again, I just figured. Look, I know because I listened to people that were older than I am. That you know, there was a point where they became musically irrelevant in their taste, right? Like there was a guy that uh, worked in minor league baseball that I knew. Uh, you know, it was probably 15 years ago. He told me the story, and he said, he said, "There's a point where I knew I wasn't musically relevant anymore because I was sitting in a room and people were talking about Duran Duran, and I thought it was a boxing match, which is a reference to a boxer of that same time." Uh, so that was, that was when he knew that he was done for. And, you know, I have that moment too. Like I, I, I know musically the exact moment where I started to lose relevance, but I just, I don't know. It, it validates me a little bit to hear you say what you say, because I stand by it. It just, it sounds very, I think, I feel like it's all the same track. And again, that's an old man thing, but it feels like it's all the exact same track. Well, I mean, it's just, it's not, there used to be like, you know, good substance and like good rhymes and stuff like that. Now I don't even know what they're talking about. Right. Me. I don't even know what they're talking about, but anyway. Your buddy, your buddy Joe Brown said it was, what did he say? It was Detroit rap over a, over a New Orleans backdrop or something like that, or New Orleans beat. Something like that. Yeah, he, whatever re- reference he made was fantastic. Hey, longtime ESPN host Kenny Maine brings his curiosity and wit to 2,400 sports in a new flagship conversation podcast. Kenny Maine has joined the Odyssey family with his new podcast, Hey Maine. Each week, Kenny will talk to someone he knows a little and is fascinated by a lot, talking athletes, musicians, celebrities, and just about anyone else. Download Hey Maine on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I, you know who I think the most popular podcast requested guest is on this specific day today bobby bonilla bobby bonilla yep right even if you were not around for the playing days of bobby bonilla you know bobby bonilla from this day of the year bobby bonilla day the the real fast story on it uh, at the end of uh near the end of bobby bonilla's career um you know he was he was about to be done and and the the mets wanted 
him for a, a certain amount of time, but uh, they didn't have the money to afford him for one of the years of his contract. I believe it was the 2000 season. So instead of paying him his salary, they gave him a deferred salary for the year with a whole bunch of inflation, you know, interest, not really inflation, but you get, uh, in his case, he gets a little over a million dollars a year for 25 years. Genius. And the original salary was something like four million bucks, mm-hmm. or three, or whatever it was. But instead, he's getting one point one million a year for twenty five years. They haven't reached the halfway point of that time yet. I'm just surprised like more athletes don't try to negotiate their contract like that, right? Because you think like if something happens, like or a young guy gets some money, you know, big deal and all that, he may go he may go through all of his money right away. Yeah. But this way, you're getting like one million dollars every year. Every year, it's just insane. And to to just to have waited to collect your money, you get that all this extra money. And understand in Bobby Bonilla's case. He's pushing sixty. Yeah, like what are you going to do with that at this point? Right. I mean, he's, the, the playing days are long done, long done. But like even like Christian Yelich's contract, like they're deferring money mm-hmm. way past the time that he's going to be playing. I think Braun does too, right? Doesn't yeah, Braun? Braun well is definitely still has deferred money as well. And wasn't during the pandemic? Wasn't Prince Fielder one of the higher paid Brewers, or was it was at least listed during the pandemic as one of the higher paid Brewers? Prince, I'm not sure about, but even like the Bucks, th- this is finally they going into this year, they're finally done with paying other people's contracts. Spencer but, Hawes, Larry Sanders, Larry Sanders, and stuff like that. All that stuff is finally off the books. Like this is like the first year where they don't have to worry about paying like deferred contracts. It's a cloud that's been on their head for a long, long time. Uh, a lot to go over with David Sampson, former Marlins president. We've got a lot to talk about with him next. It's the Fan Afternoon Show. The Fan Afternoon Show. Thanks for joining us here on 12:50 a.m. The Fan. Kevin Holden from CBS 58 in Milwaukee. Stepping in here for the week, having a lot of fun with you this afternoon, and we're about to have some fun with David Sampson, the Milwaukee native, and the host of Nothing Personal with David Sampson. That is on your Odyssey app. And by the way, if that name is ringing a bell and you don't quite know what it is, he is the former Marlins president. David, how's it going? I am doing well. How are you? Man, it's all good. We're uh, we're having a lot of fun. In Usually midsummer is when we're talking about taking a break from crazy sports news, but this last couple of days has been insane i it's basically a competition between the nba college football and major league baseball for our attention and i I don't know how we're going to get all this in you know it's uh it's a lot well we definitely have to start but i can tell you that this is supposed to be baseball time but the nba certainly figured it out when they start free agency and everyone's ready to go which means obviously deals have been done beforehand and then kevin durant starts with what he wants and then you've got the Deshaun Watson situation, the NFL, and of course the Big Ten's becoming the Big Twenty. So it is quite a time to have a microphone. <laughs> it's the truth. There's a lot going on now. You you have the unique perspective of having dealt with a, a franchise's fortunes from the position of president. What is happening in in your mind? What's the semantics of what goes on when someone like Durant comes to a franchise and says they want to make this happen? How in the world do you balance all the parts there? Well, the question is, so it's funny, you have a player on your team who we used to have named Christian Yelich. And the reason Christian Yelich is a Milwaukee Brewer is because he went to Derek Jeter and said, I don't want to be a Marlin anymore. And Derek Jeter said, well, if you don't want to be here, we don't want you here. And so he manufactured a trade for Yelly to come to Milwaukee. My view is slightly different. When a player comes to me and says he's not happy, if that player is under a long-term contract, I say get happy. And if I think that that player is going to take down the team and literally force us into losing and try to force our hand, then I can promise you I'm going to trade him to the outpost like the Antarctica icicles. I'm going to find a way not to do what that player wants. Kevin Durant has no business demanding anything after the extension he signed, after what the Nets did to put players around him who he wanted, and now he wants to go. It is absolutely a level of player empowerment and entitlement that is just unacceptable. Oh man, I, I want to plant that flag right in the ground. I want I want every every front office member in all the sports to to do what David Sampson does because could you imagine Kevin Durant as a Sacramento King right now? That'd be amazing. Uh, that's exactly my choice. It would either be the Oklahoma City Thunder or it would be the Sacramento Kings. But on the other hand, you know what you could really do to him is not trade him. 
right? Trade Kyrie Irving, get rid of him if you possibly can, because that would be a dream, and let him stay with Ben Simmons and let him stay with whatever team there is. And if he wants to play, great. If he doesn't want to play, we're going to make sure we don't pay him. And if we think that he's on the court and he's not trying and he's literally mailing it in, I'm going to find a way to get out of his contract because I just find what he's doing to be so upsetting because you just can't have that. And the NBA, Adam Silver, by the way, is not happy because fans want to believe that when players sign long-term deals with the team, that that player will be with that team. That's the whole point of it. And what you're seeing in the NBA is, is these players trying to manufacture where they go and how they go and when they go, and that creates quite a bit of problems. David Sampson, former Marlins president, joining us here. And uh, we've talked a lot of basketball, but we have definitely gotten baseball even in the last few days in here as the Brewers begin their series in Pittsburgh. It's a first-place team, this Brewers team. And locally, at least, they catch a lot of flack for maybe not producing enough runs, but they have this elite-level pitching as long as everything stays healthy. Have you been impressed with how Craig Council has been able to manage and balance the injuries that have happened and still get wins out of this team? Well, I should say that we used to think with the Marlins, right, we would we think that we're very injured, right? Every team thinks they have more injuries than the next team. But the truth is every team has injuries. What you have in Milwaukee is you have a level of depth that matters. And when you have pitching depth, that's how you're going to win games. And if you can, you know, the Brewers are having trouble, obviously. They're middle of the, of the road in runs. They're sort of not doing well from an average standpoint. Certainly their team ERA is where you want to see it for success as you head to October. But if I'm looking at this team and trying to see where I want to improve it, I really do want to see another bat. And I'd like to see someone come in who can hit for average. I think that would be tremendously helpful. And keeping that bullpen healthy and keeping Devin Williams on the field and not having some sort of end-of-season crazy injury, was that last year that happened or the year before when he hurt himself right at the end? Last year. I can't remember. Was it last year? Yeah. God, the years during COVID get so crazy. But you really do have to, if, if that they can avoid that, the Brewers are a team that no one would want to play in the playoffs. You've had experience, obviously, in the earlier stages of, of Christian Yelich's career, and he's undergone a very interesting transformation this year as he struggled to find that form of 2018-2019. Yelich is, the last few weeks, an effective leadoff hitter. And we've this has been a daily topic, as I've been filling in this week, about what the trajectory is for Yelich. Is it a thing where can we expect him to stay in that role for the year, or is this a way for Craig Council to get his mind off of the pressure of hitting home runs and help him become the hitter that he was by sort of letting him ease back in? What do you think of that? You know, it's funny. Yelich, to me, is what we now call an old-school player and what I call a top-of-the-line all-star caliber player because his his hit tool – is one of the best in all of baseball. When we drafted him, we, we thought that he'd have some amount of power, but that he was going to compete for batting titles every year. And I think what happened to Yelly, he signed the extension, and he, he's going to be part of Milwaukee forever, and that's what he wanted. Not only did he feel some pressure, but also the way baseball is played now, where it's home run, strikeout, walk, that's not Yelly. Yelly is a gap-to-gap, -gap, right? He's someone who gets extra base hits. He's someone who you can count on for contact. He's an on-base guy. But when you get sucked into the vortex of modern-day baseball, where if you're not hitting home runs, then who are you and what are you? It's almost like he lost his identity for a minute. But if you look at his approach the last couple of weeks, it really is different. Now, you could say that that is the approach of a one-hole hitter, and I agree with that. But that said, that can be the approach of a three-hole hitter, too. But if I'm Craig Council, I'm leaving him in the one-hole. I love him in the one-hole. That's a place that we talked about having Yelich because of his ability to hit. And he also doesn't take it into the clubhouse when he struggles. He doesn't take it onto the field. He doesn't take it into the community. He's such a perfect leader and such a perfect part of a winning team. I just want him to play deep into October. I want that for him so badly. And I think he's got the team to do it now. David Sampson is the former Marlins president and current host of Nothing Personal with David Sampson, which is on the Odyssey app. Uh, David, I'm going to apologize to you right now. I've not heard this podcast. I'm going to do it, I promise you, once uh, once this week of filling in is done. But tell me, what the how does it break down? Is it all baseball on that, or, or are you expanding out beyond baseball? 
No, it's actually 45 minutes every day of me. No guests, no nothing. And I talk about culture and sports and politics and entertainment. I review a movie every day. I talk about anything that's going on in the world of sports business or any story that interests me. I talked about, obviously, what's going on with the Supreme Court, talk about the hearings. So I really try to talk about as many things as possible and give people not just an education, but give them the tools to make decisions about what they think about certain situations. I pull the curtain back because I ran a team for 18 years. So I know what it's like to have a microphone in front of me and not tell the truth to my fan base, to mislead through statements that we do as a team. So I try to tell fans really what's happening behind the scenes, really what's going on when there's situations happening on or off the field. And I've been doing it for two and a half years, and it's been great. And I appreciate the audience and the loyalty, and I've got a lot of fun doing it every day. An expanded perspective. It's something worth listening to, uh, certainly, based on how you describe it. I can't wait to check that out. And there are other, uh, what I want to say, other dramatic situations <laughs> happening in baseball. Maybe that's the best way to put it. Specifically thinking about ex-Braves first baseman Freddie Freeman and going in and just showing so much emotion with when he came in as a member of the Dodgers this past weekend and the developments that have come since then, firing his agent, and this back and forth about whether an offer was disclosed to the Freemans is clearly different stories, that kind of thing. Uh, to me, on this side of things, I didn't know such a thing could happen. Is it is it one of those things where my eyes have just been shielded from that sort of thing? Does that sort of thing actually happen? Absolutely not. There is not one chance that Freddie Freeman was not aware of an Atlanta Braves offer to him. There's just not one chance. And if the agent, by some ridiculous notion, and I can't believe I'm backing up agents right now, <laughs> but if the agent did not communicate something to the Braves, I promise you the Braves communicated with Freddie before they traded for Matt Olson. They were not going to move on from him until he had an opportunity to say no. The reality is Freddie wanted a sixth year and the Braves were not comfortable giving him a sixth year, and so they didn't. Did Freddie overplay his hand? That's possible. Did the agent tell Freddie that the Braves were going to cave? Probably because teams cave every day. They'll throw in the extra year. Is it possible the agent thought that the Braves, because they're defending World Series champions, would not just give in, but would actually give in in a way that would be very open, right? So Freddie, of course, would know. So I, I'm not buying any of it. Freddie got that six year from the Dodgers. It's what he wanted. If he wanted to be a Brave, he would have been a Brave. But you can still be upset about not being there. But to have anything out there that an agent did not communicate with a player, as president of a team, with all the long-term deals I did, there's not one time I didn't communicate directly with the player to make sure that player was aware of what was going on during the negotiation. And Not one time. And then there's the other half of this, which is, and Clayton Kershaw was the guy that sort of intimated this, like, by the way, Freddie, you got a current team and a current situation that's now your future. Like the the fact that all of the stuff surrounding Freddie Freeman has to do with the team that he not the team that he's currently playing for, I, I imagine is it has probably hasn't caused a rift, but could cause a rift, right? Well, in Freddie's case, it would not because Freddie's one of the great people in the in the game. So I don't think there's an issue with Freddie and anybody in that Dodgers clubhouse. The reality is what Clayton Kershaw said was not necessarily directed to Freddie. It was just to the to the fan base out there letting them know, hey, the Dodgers are no schleppers, right? We're not second fiddle to anybody. We compete for a World Series every year. We expect to win a World Series every year. I don't see any issue in that Dodgers clubhouse with Freddie, with Clayton, with any of it. And it's also possible that Clayton, who is represented by the same agency as Freddie was, he may have been asked by his agents to sort of get something out there to take some of the heat off Casey Close because it's been a lot of heat that Casey Close wants no part of. So there really are so many different angles to this story right now. You know that you are involved in a great segment when you walk away way more informed than than when you walked in. David Sampson, much appreciated, sir. Uh, hopefully we, we get to continue doing this, and I promise I will check out the podcast this weekend. 
Have a great weekend. I appreciate you. David Sampson, thank you very much. Milwaukee native, host of Nothing Personal with David Sampson on your Odyssey app. He was the former Marlins president and still talking a lot of baseball, a lot of insight there. And he joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline for applying for a home renovation loan. Has you feeling anxious, breathing like Great Midwest Bank help you experience the state of tranquility? Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Before we hit a break real quick and we get to Scott Grotsky, Matt Menominee Falls, he's been hanging on the phone for a while and we appreciate it. Let's get him in before we get to Scott. Matt, you're on the afternoon show. What's up, man? Hey, Sam. How's it going? Not too bad. Long time, uh, long time to talk. I called in and I was distressed when oh. uh, you didn't pick up. Kevin, this is um, this is uh, sometimes known as bathtub, Matt. Oh, is it? Yep. Okay. <laughs> yep. I've been I've been in uh, I've been in solitary um, self self imposed solitary confinement in mourning of uh, Rami leaving us for. Uh, Stupid city with one sports team that isn't any good. No argument there. You said it best. Um, he's probably I don't know. His little twenty-seven-year-old girlfriend probably had something to do with that. So not, not, not my business. Not my <laughs> business. Um, <laughs> I'm just calling just calling in to see how you're doing. Um, and uh, you know what, how how things are going to be going moving forward, and what I can do to help you. Honestly, I wish I could tell Sam, you guys, but Sam, I- you're still here, and that that's, that's brave of you. Yeah, no. I honestly, guys, I wish I could tell you. I I don't know much of what's going on. I'm just here for the ride, and I'm happy I'm here with Kevin right now. But I mean, Bobby Portis is back, Javon Carter's back, Wesley Matthews is back, and we got Joe Ingles, and all this news is going I'm on. So about Ingles. I'm I haven't even I haven't even really had time to process like everything that's going on. So okay. Well, I I hope I hope that you prosper at the station, but I also hope that you're a producer so I can call in and not get interrogated. <laughs> it's all good. Um, because you pretty much know my voice by now. Yeah. Oh, for sure. As soon as I, as soon as I, we put you on, I knew who it was. So yep. I appreciate the phone call, Matt. We'll talk again later on. All right. Yep. Yep. May your dreams soar with the Eagles' nest. At, you as well. Wow. I love that. All right. That was um. Wow. That was a, what a, what a closeout. Inspiration. We have some uh you know strange personalities here. Strange and I wouldn't say strange, but like unique in uh characters and you know personalities and callers that we have here on the fan. And yeah. That was a uh, bathtub Matt, sometimes known as boardroom Matt when he's in a meeting. Um, shower mat and all that. So, another one of our you know weird wacky characters here on the afternoon show. I'd have a beer with him. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, that's that's. You know who I'd also have a beer with? Who's that? If I you know wasn't working right now, Scott Grotsky. He would do that. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Scott would. He he will tell you many entertaining stories, beer or not, and he'll tell us a few after the break here on the Fan Afternoon. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the twelve precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Fan Afternoon Show. It is an historic day in the sports world. You like, like did that sort of like a newsman delivery there. An historic day. And today in the world of sports... Bobby Bonilla makes more than a million dollars to sit on his couch. That's the dream job. We should have we should have done that yesterday in draft mockery. I wish I could have done that, man. He's living the dream. He really is. Here's still like, what is he going to do with that money? That's now now it's all I'm thinking about. Because it's not like it's his first million, you know. <laughs> Scott Grodsky, sports anchor for CBS 58. He'll do some draft mockery, but we got some other stuff to talk about uh, with him first. Follow him on Twitter at Scott Grodsky. Dude, what's up? Not too much. Creative Twitter handle, isn't it? I'd love it. It's uh, it's you. You know my story, right? Kevin Holden is this random dude in Australia that last tweeted in 2009, and I've like yeah, but he got there first. He did. I've sent you know petitions to Twitter. 
you know, tried to do all kinds of stuff, and they just they just let him stay up there with his two tweets that he ever had. You know, it took the two of us like a combined 15 years to get those stupid blue check marks. So, you know, maybe in like 15, 20 years, you can get Kevin Holden in Australia to go away. What I love about it is I got mine and then and then you got yours like, I don't know, eight days later or whatever. And, and uh, now every like is like or every tweet is like 4,000 likes for you. It's awesome. They love depends you. On, depends on how much it's the bucks. <laughs> right, right. It's all about the bucks. Well, and, and man, I can't imagine like this this day here – which is the start of free agency, and on the surface, you don't think of that as a day where the Bucks could go and make some huge difference. But then you realize with Bobby Portis coming back, being a fan favorite, and getting signed for four years, and finally getting paid after that sacrifice, like this was, this felt like a holiday yesterday. Like that, Bucks fans love this man. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's Bobby Portis day in Little Rock. There might as well be Bobby Portis day in Milwaukee too. I mean, I, I think that what the Bucks did yesterday was great. It was. This is not a team that needs to make a huge splash by going somewhere outside. It's a team that is very well set up, and if Chris Middleton isn't hurt, it's a team that I think probably loses in the finals to the Warriors this year. It's not like they're far away. So they, they managed to keep everything. I thought it was a little interesting that, you know, a, a team that is already not exactly the youngest in the league, the only outside move they did was to bring in an older guy who's coming off a, a torn ACL. But at the same time, a lot of those mid-level-y type guys like Mo Bamba went for bigger deals right away than the Bucks could have paid. So I understand the Joe Ingles move as well. And I think I think that the Bucks are as good or better than they were last year. And by that, I mean than they were last year if Middleton was healthy. Because if he's healthy, they, first of all, that, that Celtics series, it may not even go to seven. But, uh, but then Miami, I feel like, would have been just a bump on the way. Yeah, I, I think I think Middleton's healthy, and you're probably looking at a probably similar to what the Celtics did. I think you're probably losing to the, the Warriors in six. I, I think the Warriors were a, a very good behemoth of a team, and good for them. They're they're keeping Kevon Looney too. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that was. I think the Bucks were the second best team in the NBA last year, if healthy. So but you know what? If if healthy, then the Nets aren't blowing up right now. So we'll never know. <laughs> That's the other thing too. Like we, I walk in yesterday, and you know, Sam's in here. And he's he's got the Bobby Portis eyes. I'm like, what's up? He's like, yeah, Durant is asking for a trade. <laughs> it's it's like, oh man, here we go. Like the entire. It's amazing that, that how that sort of move reverberates around the league because it's not just a trade from one team to another. It's other star players and where they'll go and how a division is stacked up and how a conference is stacked up. Like this is, this is the gift that we'll give to them talking about the fan for the next month. Yeah. I mean, it's entirely league shakingly different because it's not just Durant and where he goes. It's also a matter of who goes to the Mets. Where does, Kyrie go is Ben Simmons on the move now because they can only have one guy on a rookie extension if they they trade uh, Durant. So there there's so much that can come from that. I think short term for Bucks fans, it's it's a good thing to get Kevin Durant out of the conference if he goes out of the conference. Uh, but it entirely depends on where he lands. I do think it's very funny just given Kevin Durant's reputation uh, as moving the past few years. It is very funny to me that it comes out as, oh, there are two teams he wants to go to. Huh, the number one seed in the East and the number one seed in the West. <laughs> Interesting two teams. You, um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, that changed everything, and I, I think Utah now is pretty clearly blowing everything up uh, with the Gobert trade to Minnesota, which will be fascinating to see how Minnesota can play Gobert and Cat together. Uh, but it, it's... I don't know. The, the NBA and the NFL both do a very good job of keeping their sports relevant pretty much year round and making free agency into a, a appointment and into must see TV for at least those that day, 24 hours. Uh, there was that at five o'clock, there were that, what 17 scheduled t- tweets from uh, Shams that, it, that you needed to see every one of them. Sam did too. He saw them all at once. Scott, we started the five o'clock hour, obviously, and that's when free agency, you know, opened up. But to start that hour, I literally had ten notifications. It's like Shams had all those in his drafts and just, you know, tweeted them out as soon as five o'clock. He, he it was totally insane. Did. Oh yeah, for he sure. He totally had them all in his. <laughs> it, which is, it's amazing that he had them all in his drafts because the 
they're not allowed to have those deals done until five. So they definitely weren't finished yet. Yeah, Kevin can testify. It was I was just going back and forth between the phones and Twitter. It was we were t- we were exhausted by the end of the day yesterday, just from all the breaking news. We had yeah. not only did we have breaking news on breaking news, we had breaking bucks news while we were trying to talk about breaking bucks news. Like I'm not lying about this, dude. He he said Sam said, all right, here's breaking news, and then he stops and he goes, oh, and I said. Say, did you just get breaking news yeah. while announcing breaking news? We were, like, we yep. were going to talk about Wesley Matthews returning, and then while I'm going to talk about Wes Matthews, I see on my Twitter feed that Javon Carter also is coming back, too, at the same time. It's like, what is going on? Yeah, um, that was from, from our front while uh, while Kevin's on his little uh, sabbatical from uh, the TV station. Darius was, was getting ready to do his 5 o'clock hit, so I was writing a web article about all the things that were happening. I sent out the web yep. article for Portis. Uh, they responded to me on you know, thank you. I'm like, yeah, okay, scrap that. I'm going to add like seven more paragraphs to it. Because by then, Carter had happened, Matthews had happened, and Ingles had happened. So, so there, that by itself is, you know, just it's a, it's a holiday. It's fantastic. And then on top of it, squeezed into it is, a, is another gigantic package with a lot of stuff to unwrap, which was two teams in California joining a conference based traditionally in the Midwest and now in the East. And You've got a college conference that's going to be coast-to-coast now. You're going to have 9 o'clock tips or 9 o'clock kickoffs for some of these games, California time, that are happening in the Midwest. You're going to have guys from California playing games in the snow. It's weird, right? Yeah, I I saw something, uh, not to just bring you all the the best from Twitter that isn't mine, but uh, I saw something yesterday of – it's closer from uh, Rutgers to Iceland than it is from Rutgers to USC. <laughs> like it's it, some of this stuff is, is bonkers, and I, I don't necessarily think Rutgers and Maryland belong in the Big Ten anyway. But it really is. I mean, it, it's across the entire country now. Any of the maps of pictures of you know you see the little school icon where they are in the state. It's it's laughable looking at it, but it's just. I mean, college college sports in general. It's been almost exactly a full year. Actually, it has been exactly a full year since NIL. And it's just, it's different in every way. And it's different in ways that we couldn't have imagined. Scott Grodsky, CBS 58. Are you at the station right now? Uh, no, not right now. Okay. I was going to say, I, I, for for a minute, I was thinking you were in the background of, because they're in news right now. They're about to start their, the five o'clock newscast. And uh, I was like, you can you, you, make, could... you make the schedule. I'm off today. Oh, that's right. I even said that earlier. What am I thinking? <laughs> I literally said that. I was like, he's not working in his day job, so he's going to join us. I, yeah, that was a that was a brain burp. Um, you you want to do some draft mockery? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So Sam has come up with a pretty good one here. This this is a this is a fun draft mockery that's specific to today. But before we get into that, I we... still get the draft mockery song right. Oh, here it comes. I was just about to say, let's get to Bar Winkler first. Okay. Yeah, as long as I get that. Come on now and try to understand the way this popcorn feels in my hand. Take a scoop and put it in your mouth and eat some now. Yes, eat some now. Yes, eat some now. Ow, 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 ow. You have some nights, gourmet popcorn. Try that nights, gourmet popcorn. Cherry sweet corn or Milwaukee mix. You gotta have nights gourmet popcorn. Yeah. Nights Gourmet Popcorn, providing you with the freshest gourmet popcorn in Milwaukee since 1952. Mention 12.50 a.m. the fan for 20% off. Next time you work, Scott, ask Larry. That's the guy that sits next to us. He's an editor. Ask him his mm-hmm. thoughts about that song. Okay. <laughs> he has he's, an opinion on it. It's strong. Really? Actually, He's a drummer. He oh, is. really? Yeah, musician guy. Oh, let's get some drums on it. What are you guys oh, waiting for? He let's would totally go. do that. <laughs> he, he actually listened to about 80% of our show yesterday. Like really? Did, yeah. yeah, all he's got to do is just send in like a dry cut of some drum beats, and then I'll put it underneath Bart. So there we go. He'd do it. Um, I can 
I can play the harmonica for it too. I mean, I, I've never played the harmonica in my life, but I can do it. Oh, I'm <laughs> hey. This show I, I is be, weird. I will be as good as Bart is. So. Scott, you know this show is gets weird and wacky sometimes, so I'm down for anything. I'll have a little like triangle too, maybe some jazz flute and all that. Who knows? But anyways, um, yeah, sure. I'll recap uh, what we did yesterday with Kevin, myself, and then Drew Bergoyne also from CBS 58. Yesterday, we drafted the coolest jobs in the world, or like dream jobs that we wish we, you know, if we could, we could, you know, if we could have that job, we would do that. But um, I ended up winning the draft yesterday with 77% of the vote. Kevin, you finished in second with 15%. It's a blowout. Yeah. Thankfully, Drew Drew finished in third, but he didn't do the he didn't have the season low in draft mockery that we've had before. Drew finished in third with seven percent. The worst was three percent, which we've had three of our producers uh, finish in. So the standings now are uh, usually when there's a shakeup in draft, in, you know, in the show and all that. Scott, we we reset the standings in draft mockery. So we're in season three now of draft mockery. Uh, it's early, but I'm in the lead with five wins. Evan Heffelfinger has one win. Tim Shea has one win. Tim Allen has one win, Adam Roberts one, and Kevin Holden also with one win as well. Today, the draft order, um, I did not choose this. This is just moving everyone up one from yesterday. I'll have the first pick. Kevin, you'll go second. And then, Scott, you'll have the third pick. And today, because it's about... Well, not great. Yeah, I mean, it happens. You have the first pick one time. It is what it is. Um, yeah. Being Bobby Bonilla day, I figured we would do the worst contracts in sports history now. But here's the thing. Because it's Bobby Bonilla Day, that's the obvious one. So we won't do Bobby Bonilla as a pick, and we also won't include Wisconsin sports contracts for obvious pandering reasons. Every pitcher the Brewers signed for like eight years in that stretch. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Why do you got to Why do you got to bring that on him? Supon, Garza. What are you talking about? Soup pitch great. Soup pitch great. <laughs> All right. Love it. So once again, Kevin, you'll have the second pick. Scott, you'll go third um, with the first pick. It's not a Wisconsin sports contract, but I'm sure every Wisconsin fan knew where they were the day they heard about this contract. Give me Jay Cutler re-signing with the Bears oh, for my first pick. Goodness gracious. Yeah, that was my first pick, too. Any Jay Cutler-Bears deal, yeah, that's that's an automatic one. I literally got on my knees and thanked you know whatever being you believe in and thinking that Jay Cutler was going to be a Bear for the next couple of years again. <laughs> Uh, second pick uh, from the baseball realm, there are some really, really bad ones, and I think I think it lends itself because they're guaranteed. You know, those that money still has to be paid no matter what. And uh, the Orioles are languishing while they are still paying Chris Davis the last year of a seven-year, one hundred sixty-one million dollar contract. This is the last year of it. Is the last? I thought year? they were done with it. Wow. So, and he hit. Uh, still had some time. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, for for a buck fifty average every year with a little bit of power. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping definitely to get that one. Scott, your first pick in today's draft. Yeah, those are two of mine on my board. Uh, can I go with Sam Bradford's entire career? There's not <laughs> one particular contract. Honestly, I don't have a problem with it. Paying him I anything. Mean, here's the thing, though. I don't think I'll be able to fit like all these uh, players and whatever teams they were with in one tweet. So it's just going to be the players, their names. So if you say Sam Bradford, that's fine with me. You pretty much just get everything. Yeah, I'm going Sam Bradford for the uh, lifetime. Sounds good. Sam Bradford off the board with Scott first pick. I like it. Back to me. Round two of the Bobby Bonilla worst contracts in sports history. Um, I'm going to go back into the world of football as well. Give me Albert Hainsworth. Oh, wow. Good one. Talk about a bad contract. Man, that's, that's, that's that was 100 the... mil. That was the first 100 mil, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that's right. Forgot about that. And that was the, like... That's one of those that it's not just a bad decision, but it shows you about the franchise yeah. all the way to the base. And I just remember there's so many plays we can just see him giving up to. It's just, it was so sad to watch. All right, um, Kevin, your second pick. Let's let's go NBA realm here and let's talk John Wall. Dang. Kevin, are you looking at my board? Because that Was that on your board too? Because <laughs> that was... That was what the average annual on that was more than $40 million a year. I don't think, did he play a single year? Under that contract? I don't think he did. Yeah. Wow. All right. John Wall is off the board. Woo. Scott, your second pick in today's draft. Uh, well, I was hoping to get Cutler with the Bears, but I'll take Mike Glennon's contract with the Bears. Ooh. Wow. That was, I think that was three for $45 million and he never played. Yeah, that was a bad one. I don't know what they were thinking. Dude's got a crazy long neck, too. <laughs> yeah, he does. I just wanted to throw that in there. He's got a long neck. <laughs> 
They used to try to call me that when I first started working here. They used to try to call me Michael Lennon on the big show, and I took offense. I'm like, you can't call me a guy who's a Bears quarterback as a Packer fan. Seriously. All right. Um, round three of today's worst contracts in sports history. Um, I'm going to go into baseball. Now, this guy's obviously a Hall of Famer, but the Angels didn't get what they paid for in this contract, and I'm going to go with Albert Pujols for my third pick. $240 million, and, and I think I saw – his career war with the Angels is 12? Wow. <laughs> if, if I remember that right. Yeah, I mean, it was so bad they had to pretty much agree to let him go. Now he's back with the Cardinals, unfortunately. And yeah, it's that was, and that was, that's called buying high, right? The, to yeah. go the opposite of the stock terminology, you're buying high there. Kevin, your third pick. Uh, this is a little bit obscure, but I feel like this was so bad that it has to qualify here. Uh, back in, I want to say it's 2000, Mike Hampton with the Rockies, and it was close to $200 million for a left-handed pitcher in Colorado. Just, yeah, that was, that was, that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I'm going to guess they got about a tenth of their value on that deal. Mike Hampton for Kevin's third pick. Scott Grotsky, your third pick in today's draft. Oh, I'm going to go with the, uh, the two contracts that ruined how the NFL does rookie contracts as a whole. Bradford was one, and then I'll go with Jamarcus Russell here. Ooh. Dang, you guys are on it today. Taking all my picks. I was watching tape on that uh, on that contract last night. <laughs> really? Well, they, somebody handed me a, a tape to watch. Like they did with Jamarcus exactly. Russell? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't a tape. It was There's blank all along. <laughs> all right. Um, final round in today's draft of worst contracts in sports history. No Brewers, no Bobby Bonilla. Um, this one, I'm going to go back. Stay in the world of the NFL. This one just is mind-boggling just because the guy was so good and then he was so bad with the Philadelphia Eagles. Give me Namdi Asamoa. Ooh. That's my last pick. Man, that's some, that's some Bonus money. points for pronouncing it correctly. Yes, yeah, I loved Namdi Asamoa at the time, but yeah. then he was bad. Um, Kevin, your last pick in today's draft. Uh, I, I like this one as back my last. Back Raiders. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, oh, yeah. That's another one, right? Another franchise that. Bonus points. Mm. <laughs> uh, to me, this one belongs in the draft mockery because it was signed on Bobby Bonilla Day. And why would you do that to your franchise? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a day that's cursed already. Really? D- this day, Bobby Bonilla Day. This contract was signed on Bobby Bonilla Day in 2016. I don't know which one this is. Joe Kim Noah. Oh, with the Knicks? Okay. Four years, $72 million, which, which, by the way, because of the way they stretched that money out, that lasting through uh, 2022 as well. Wow. I forgot about that one. Good pick. A little fourth-round steal there. All right, Scott Grotsky, final pick in today's draft. All right, so I'll be honest. I, I buried my uh, my number one overall I'm going to take here. I was hoping I could sneak it because it's not going to be on any list yet because it just Ooh. happened. I'm going to go with Phil Mickelson and his $200 million with the uh, live tour. Wow. <laughs> Scott Grotsky coming out and just laying down the hammer. That's that's a – I also, you know, hate him, but whatever. That's uh, – we'll take bias out of it. That is that is a ton of money for something that is uh, – their viewership is not quite what they were hoping for yet. That's a proper use of resources on your part, a new contract. Right. And like you said, I mean, getting his first – Overall pick in the last round, the last pick of the draft too. Scott Grotsky getting I crafty. I could bury it. I was, I was really, I was really hoping first round I could get Cutler and then bookend it with Mickelson. But uh, I get the feeling Cutler wouldn't have gotten past Kevin either. This is how you know Scott Grotsky is now a draft mockery pro. Yeah, he's he's I got mean, strategy. He's got strategy in his picks and all that. The dude's doing draft day moves and stuff like that. I but love I, it. I, the other thing I love is yeah, next time I got to figure out how to make trades. <laughs> the other thing I love is that you, <laughs> you 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 snuck in that you're not a fan of Mickelson while making him Mister Irrelevant in a draft. Oh man, the, I, you know what? I don't I don't have to sneak it. I can I can say it very very loudly and aggressively. I am not a fan <laughs> of Mickelson. I have not been for a long time, and uh, I. Honestly, I, I, I go back to when I was an intern for you, what, 12 years ago at this point. He was not a particularly great person to deal with at Whistling Straits. That's right. You were there. I was about to bring that up, but I, I was like, that's before anyone can remember. No, you were there. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, and obviously he hasn't done any favors for his own reputation over the last year, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. The salt yeah, is very real. Happy, very happy to get him in <laughs> I love this. I I voted for Sam yesterday. I might vote for you I, today. That was a genius move. 
Scott, uh, man, appreciate it. I, I always appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to hearing a lot more of you here on uh, on twelve fifty AM as well. Sounds good. Talk to you guys later. Scott Grodsky, CBS fifty eight sports anchor. Uh, just you know, dude, the the man with the most bobbleheads at his desk of any human being ever in the history of mankind. He was actually asked to clean some of them off. Really? Yeah, I did not know that. So they're in boxes underneath. <laughs> well, that's interesting because yeah. my dad is also a bobblehead freak. Oh, you yeah? should see it's insane. So it's good to know. Um, I love you guys are just like such a good combo. Because we talk the way we talk side by side at our desk, like it's it's really funny that it is essentially the same conversation. Yeah, you know. But you guys have like you know, I don't mean this in a weird way or anything, but you guys have like different personalities, obviously. Yes, but it just works together. I don't know what it is. Even go, it goes back to he said he interned. It, they were talking 2010 when he interned here. That's crazy. And and uh, it was I had just gotten to town or whatever, and it was even then it was like the, this combination of okay, first of all, this like. We're, we come from different places, but we but we meet in the in the same place, right. you know, with with what we like and what we want to do and that sort of thing. So it was when the chance came to bring him home in 2016, we brought him home. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So he joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline for applying for a home renovation loan. Has he feeling anxious? Breathe and like Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at GreatMidwestBank.com today. All right. So that was Scott Grodsky. We'll be back in just a moment. We're going to pick a lane. Yep, and then we'll talk some bucks at the bottom of the hour with Rohan Kadi. Rohan Kadi. I, sw- I was supposed to write that out phonetically. No, don't worry about that, it. That's why I had to ask you earlier. No, it's all good. But yeah, Rohan, frequent guest of the show. We'll talk about Joe Ingles, Bobby Portis, all these guys returning to the Bucks. Do pick a lane and much more coming up here on 1250 AM The Fan. Back in a moment with the Fan Afternoon Show. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.